there are different ways that misspellings in genes can actually come about. Most cases of CP are what we call sporadic, meaning that they occur seemingly out of the blue um, in families that don't otherwise have a history of CP. Welcome to Let's Talk CP, the new podcast series about all things cerebral palsy, presented by the Cerebral Palsy Foundation. Each episode features different clinicians, parents, people with CP, and other experts talking about ways to help you better navigate your journey with CP. I'm Jason Benetti, play-by-play announcer of the Chicago White Sox and ESPN, and I have CP. And I'm Cynthia Fursina, the Vice President of the Cerebral Palsy Foundation, mom to a daughter with CP, and an advocate in advocacy for cerebral palsy research. Today, Today's episode, we have an incredible guest, one that we have been looking forward to have having on for quite a while. Dr. Michael Kruer, neurologist for Phoenix Children's Hospital, is with us today. Welcome, Dr. Kruer. Good morning, Cynthia. So glad to be here. So glad to have you here. One of the reasons that we are so excited to have you is you really have cracked the code on a topic that has plagued families of of children with CP for quite a while. And that is the question of genetics and whether some types of CP is caused um, through something genetic or, or just this whole like not knowing what causes a child CP has really been a challenge. So we're excited to talk to you about this topic today. Uh, before we really get started, we'd love to hear a little bit more about you, your background, and what you, you know, what all you do. We know that you're a neurologist at Phoenix Children's Hospital, but you do so much more than that uh, with all of your research and, and would love to hear from you about that. Yeah, thank you. So, um, as you mentioned, I'm, I'm a neurologist uh, and developmental pediatrician focused at Phoenix Children's Hospital. Uh, I also run a research laboratory, uh, really focused on the causes um, of cerebral palsy and related disorders. And a big focus of our research lately has uh, has been the genetic basis of CP, uh, which is, like you mentioned, starting to uh, to lead us in some exciting directions. What made you get interested in that topic? Um, that's not common, as we know. There's not as ma- there's not many of you out there, but so we. I think our audience would love to hear what made you decide to sort of go in that path of of research, or even think that there might be a possible genetic cause for CP? Yeah, it's funny. Sometimes life leads us in unexpected directions, but um, you're absolutely right. I I had been taught during my training, uh, as as most of us are, that that CP is is not a genetic disorder. Um, And and I think that although we know quite a bit about many of the things that cause CP, um, things like infections, uh, things like prematurity, things like lack of oxygen to the developing brain, um, I became interested during my training in the possibility that, that CP in some cases could be caused by uh, misspellings in the genetic code. And it really was, was a single family that, uh, that I was, was caring for that, that led me in that direction. And what happened was I, w- I was just doing uh, a, a clinic in, in developmental pediatrics, uh, like I, I often was at that point in time. And I was taking a, a routine history, seeing uh, a little girl with, with CP for the first time. And I was talking to her dad, and he was telling me, you know, just 
uh, about her birth history and her symptoms and so forth. And, and I was trying to, to sort out how best I could help. And then we covered family history and we kind of glossed over that and went on to other things. And then he stopped me and he said, well, you know, I, I, when we talked about a family history, I didn't mention my other three kids with CP. And I kind of stopped and I looked at him and he oh, said, wow. do you think that that could be relevant? And I said, well, let's, <laughs> let, let's dig into that a little bit and, and figure that out. And it turns out that uh, that particular family had five children um, and four of them had CP. And the little girl that, that I was seeing uh, had a milder case than, than her other siblings. But none of the kids in the family had been born premature. None of the pregnancies had any complications. Uh, and so that really piqued my curiosity as to, to why that might be. Long story short, uh, we ended up enrolling that family in a genetic study that we were conducting and finding out that there was a misspelling in just one gene out of the 20,000 in the human genome uh, that, that seemed to lead to their symptoms. And at wow. that point, I was hooked. Oh my gosh, that that's an amazing story. It, it is amazing. I've heard that from other clinicians that one family, you know, could really change a perspective of a clinician. But you were one of the first, I think, in the United States to really look at this issue. And and I think one of the questions that families sometimes um, are wondering about right now is what is the difference between genetic or something that could be genetic and something that is hereditary. Uh, are they the same? Is that a different thing? Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a great question. One um, that comes up often. Many families, uh, especially parents, will tell me, well, my, my child's CP couldn't possibly be genetic because no one else in the family uh, has, has CP. And I think when we're, we're talking about genetic contributions, uh, it's important to remember that there are different ways that misspellings in genes can actually come about. And in some cases, they can be inherited through the family. It, it can run um, through different generations, for example. In other cases, uh, it might be the case that uh, both mom and dad are carriers for a particular condition. Um, what's interesting, though, is that most cases of CP are what we call sporadic, meaning that they occur seemingly out of the blue. Um, in families that don't otherwise have a history of CP. And uh, it turns out, based on our research um, and, and that of uh, some colleagues, uh, that the most common reason for that is because mutations in CP uh, are often due to what are called de novo changes, meaning out of the blue. Um, and in this case, mother doesn't have uh, the genetic mutation, uh, father doesn't have the genetic mutation, uh, but somewhere during the course of child development, that child will actually pick up the genetic change. And we now know mm. that um, rough, roughly uh, between 50 to 100 genetic changes will be picked up from one generation to the next. Many of those don't make a difference. Um, but some of them, if they happen to be in, in key parts of important genes, uh, can actually lead to CP. Wow. I mean, that is not something that was uh, even discussed in, in terms of CP just even a few years ago. How many, based on your research, how many, you know, what percent do you think of CP diagnoses actually may have a genetic component to them? I know you've just recently uh, done some research and published published some of that, which we shared on cpresource.org. But could you talk a little bit about what you think in terms of 
the percent of cases? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Uh, and one that, that, you know, let me just say up front, I don't think we have a good answer to, um, in, in part because there was this, uh, this concept in the field that um, if, if CP is not genetic, then, you know, no proportion of CP cases can be, um, can be caused by, by genetic findings. Um, so I, I think that this really deserves a, a careful look, and I, I think we're still waiting for some of those studies to be conducted. Um, however, our, our best uh, approximation at this point in time is, is somewhere between 20 and 30 percent of cases uh, may, in fact, be, be genetic, which is um, a surprise to, to many. Wow, that could be like hundreds of thousands, possibly. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so if a, a fa- let me ask you then this question: If a family has a, a either a young child or even an older one, where the cause of their cerebral palsy diagnosis was never really understood, which is like most cases, <laughs> I know with my daughter, <laughs> we never even knew, you know, what the cause of it was. But if you have a child where the cause is unknown, should all of those families, you know, go and try to find genetic testing? Or what is your advice, you know, for families when they when they have a diagnosis of CP, but the cause is not clear? Good question. It's a little bit tough because I think that these are rapidly changing times. Uh, the, the recommendations that we, we currently have um, for the workup um, uh, of a child with CP are, are probably getting to be out of date and, and need to be updated. Uh, but but my, my thoughts would be this. Uh, for a family, if you don't feel like you know the cause of your child's CP, um, or even if you have questions about it, it's at least worth a discussion uh, with, with your child's doctor to see if, if a genetic um, etiology, if a genetic cause could be on the table. Is any uh, can any doctor do that, or do families need to go to a, a certain kind of specialist for that? Yeah, that that also is is rapidly changing. I would say that the the people uh, the the types of doctors that are probably the most comfortable in general um, would be child neurologists um, and clinical geneticists. But that's something that's also shifting, and I know that uh, many other practitioners, be they developmental pediatricians. Um, pediatric rehab docs and, and others uh, are, are starting to become very interested in, in this space. And so uh, I think that just having the conversation with the person that you identify as, as your child's primary CP doctor is, is a great place to start. And he or she can then um, either help you go to the next step or get you to someone who can. If a child is sent for genetic testing or does do that. Are there, based on your research so far, just what you're learning, are there three or four common genetic causes of CP or or should a family think about it? Is there an untold number of, of different kinds of genetic mutations or just a few? Yeah. Um, so I, I think that the, the findings we have so far um, suggest that you know a lot of lo- like a lot of aspects of, of human um, biology, it, it's very complex. There's um, certainly hundreds of, of uh, potential genetic causes of CP, and as I mentioned, you know, briefly earlier, uh, we're, we're still discovering additional causes, and so uh, I, I think that this is something that that is rapidly changing and is going to continue to evolve for the next few years. Um, with that said, there are some causes, uh, some, some genetic uh, causes of CP that are being seen over and over, 
Um, but each of those probably amounts for about 1% or less cases. There's not something that is super common, you know, not super common, but something common that is a genetic cause that families might need to know about. Yeah, there's definitely not just one CP gene, um, if you will. Uh, however, I, I think that we're, we're taking heart in the fact that the CP genes that we are identifying, they're really pointing us toward early brain development. And uh, the findings are suggesting that for many individuals who have a genetic cause for their CP, it may in fact be the case that their, their brain development turns left when it should turn right, uh, so to speak, meaning that there's, there's something um, in that typo in the genetic code that actually causes uh, very early brain development to go a bit off track. Now, for, for many kids, um, you know, an awful lot is still going right, but there's something that's different about tra- brain development based on, on those genetic uh, changes that, that's actually leading to a change in the way that the brain is wired up. And we're hoping that based upon, you know, the research findings so far, that we may be able to, to start targeting some of these things um, for treatment in, um, in a focused way in the near future. Wow, that that is a, that's this is really kind of breakthrough information I think in this field, which is which is incredible. Uh, and I, we all thank you so much for your work. If a family wants to learn more, are there clinical trials happening right now that they should be looking at, or research studies, or how would a, a family sort of learn more about about this this area and what they they might want to consider? Yeah, so so we have an, an active. Um, trial going on right now where we're uh, sequencing um, a new wave of, of families to try to identify additional uh, genetic causes of CP and also understand how the different pieces of the puzzle fit together. Uh, so that's a, a trial that's being uh, conducted in partnership with uh, the Cerebral Palsy Research Network. And for those of you who are interested in learning more about that, uh, you can find more information at uh, www.cprn.org. Um, or conversely, you can always check out my laboratory website, which is uh, crewerlab.org. That, now, can a family do that from anywhere in the country if they don't live in the Phoenix area? <laughs> That's a great question, Cynthia. <laughs> uh, the, the, mo- the model that we've, we've developed uh, has been, um, be- because there is such an interest in this, uh, we've had to partner with uh, key centers, um, key CP centers around the country. And so that's where the CP research network comes in. Um, that's been a, a bit of an evolution um, of our our prior focus. Uh, but essentially, families can get involved uh, by going to their uh, local CPRN center and talking to their child's doctor um, about the study. This is awesome. Thank you. Thank All you, right. Dr. Kruer. Uh, this is great. My pleasure. Thank you again, Dr. Michael Kruer, for joining us today on this episode of Let's Talk CP. You'll be able to find this episode on cpresource.org, as well as your favorite podcast platforms. Thank you for listening to part one of our discussion with Dr. Michael Kruer. Stay tuned for part two coming soon. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Let's Talk CP. I'm Jason Benetti, CPF ambassador and sports television announcer. If you like our show and want to know more, please visit our new CP resource page at cpresource.org, where you can listen to all of our episodes and subscribe so you'll never miss a show. 
While you're at it, if you found value in Let's Talk CP, we'd appreciate a rating. And please tell a friend or another family member about the show to help others and increase cerebral palsy awareness and education. Be sure to tune in to Let's Talk CP for our next episode. This podcast represents the opinions of our guests and the content should not be taken as medical advice. Each person and situation is unique, so please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions.